0: First, I'd just like to express that I'm very happy to see you all here again. You're all very special people. Because in this miserable material world, it is rare to find devotees of the Lord. In this verse, as in many verses of the Bhagavad Gita, some of the qualities of devotees are being described. Here it is said, here the, here the quality of samadarshan or seeing all equally, is described. And different grades of living beings are described. The gentle and learned brahmana is certainly quite different to the dog or the dog eater. And the cow again is unique. And the hastini actually means female elephant, is also unique. It's not that they're entirely one and there's no difference between them. Why is that, Ram Kesha? Why is that, I'm asking Ram Kesha? Why is what? You know what I'm asking, talking about? No, no, I'm asking Please listen. Please be here with your mind as well as your body. Here, Samadarshan, or seeing all as equal, is being, or all as the same. Is being discussed. Sama, it's uh, very similar to the English word saint. Now, in this verse, Krishna has given, he has selected different types of manifestations of living beings whose characteristics are all quite different from each other. Every, every object, every noun, either uh, abstract or what's the other? Definitive noun, proper noun. No, that's also not the right word. Every noun means that it has its own specific characteristic, its specialty, visheshta, lakshanam. These are the words. We know a cow is a cow when the word gavi, or in Tamil, pasu is given. Then we understand what that means. We think of the uh, female species of a certain animal that has horns and a particular shaped body. And specifically, we associate the cow with milk and we, when we, when the word hasti, hastini, elephant, yani, comes up, then we think of a very big animal with a long trunk and uh, grey, usually grey body and big ears. We, we know what is an elephant. So every object and even every object is defined by its specific qualities. If someone tells us that we saw someone milking an elephant, and the elephant was only this high and it had two horns, you think. It's got it mixed up, it must have been milking a cow. <laughs> it's not impossible to milk an elephant, I never heard of anyone doing it, but theoretically it should be possible. <laughs> but then elephants, they don't have horns. So, uh, there's one philosophy called Nirviseshva, that there is no specialty, there is no specific characteristic. Nirvi Either or Tatvam or Adi. Adi means Allah is the one vadam, vadam. You say Tatvam, it means it's true. If you say vadam, it means it's just just so, an idea. Uh, it's very important which words we use. Now, <laughs> <laughs> mm. So the, the philosophy of Nilvisheshavad that ultimately there is no actual characteristic that separate any one thing from any other, is not supported by this verse. And these people in Tamil Nadu should know this, the, the Vaishnavas, because Sripad Rama Acharya taught Vishishtadvaita, no, express, no, no, no. expressing the Vaishishtya, the Vishesha, Visheshamana, the specialty of every of every object. So, Samadarsana here doesn't mean that A brāhmaṇa and a dog are the same. But on the spiritual, the the soul that inhabits the body of every living being is of the same quality. But that according to the present prarabdha karma of individual living souls, one is in the body of a brāhmaṇa having the characteristics and mentality of a brāhmaṇa Another is in the body of a dog, having the bodily characteristics and mentality of a dog, and so on. So, a pundit or learned person, he recognizes this. But a pundit who concludes that because the uh, jiva is by nature of one quality, therefore the jivas have no individual characteristics. He is not actually a pundit. He is a coup pundit or misdirected pundit. The bodily forms and characteristics of a, of a brahmana, a cow, an elephant, a dog and a dog eater are certainly different. But it is not that after liberation, it should not therefore be concluded that this is only in the material condition that there is difference that there is uh, the, the, the phenomenon of difference, that difference exists, and that after liberation, the jivas merge into a homogenous mass. This is a common misunderstanding, but it is not supported by the Vedic literature. Even though a certain fellow from Kanchipuram, who recently uh, was staying in Belo for some time as a guest of the government, he might believe this, By quoting such Vedic statements as Brahmavid Brahmaiva Bhavati, that one who knows Brahma becomes Brahma. However, this simply states that one who knows has knowledge of spiritual existence enters into spiritual existence. It simply states that one who has knowledge of spiritual existence enters into spiritual existence. It doesn't, it doesn't state what are the characteristics of that spiritual existence? Nor does it deny the characteristics, or nor does it deny that spiritual existence has characteristics. The situation after liberation is described in Srimad Bhagavatam. <mukti>, Mukti means giving up the material form and accepting one's own are being situated in one's own original spiritual form. At the present time we are accepting various forms which are not our proper form. Anyata rupa, sometimes as brahmana, sometimes as cow, sometimes as an elephant or a dog, or a dog eater, or so on. But we have our eternal form in spiritual existence. That is our Swaroop or original form. That is actually who we are. If we ask someone, who are you? They will reply in terms of their material position. My name is Santosh Kumar. I am from Madurai. I am a student. I have three brothers and two sisters. In this way, we define ourselves and others according to our material circumstances. So often, in this way, I ask people then, what is your age? And if they say 20, I'll say, well, where were you 21 years ago? (laughs) Where was Santosh Kumar, where were your three brothers and two sisters? And often they say, well, I didn't exist. And in one sense, they didn't exist. This Santosh Kumar of Madurai with three brothers and two sisters didn't exist. It's something like a drama. If a if some drama troupe comes to your town, you may go and watch the drama and be very much entranced by that, attracted by that. And you may see someone is playing the role of the magistrate in the drama. And if it's a good drama, you think it's real, at least while you're watching it. So when the drama's over, someone might, when it's all over, someone might come back the next morning and say, I want to see the magistrate. He gave a wrong decision. I have to tell it and say, well, you know, the magistrate, it doesn't exist. You know, what do you mean he doesn't exist? He was, he was, I saw him yesterday. But it was just a drama. No, no, I saw It, it was real. He gave the judgment. It was a wrong judgment. I have to complain. So, he's taking too seriously that which is not really real at all. In the same way we identify with our material situation even though it's not really real. And if we ask a twenty-year-old boy, where were you twenty-one years ago, he so much identifies with his material situation that he, uh, he can't imagine that he existed before his present state of supposed existence existed. Sorry if this is a little complex <laughs> to say, but no, I've been reading Bhakti <laughs> Siddhanta, so what his works, and it <laughs> tends to make your thinking processes more complex. How I would say it in a much simpler way. <laughs> Maybe about a year ago at our Iskon Baroda Centre, I was at our Iskon Baroda Centre for some days, and we have a big Maidan in the back.
1: Maidan, you know that word?
0: Maidan, Maidan. Comes in. So there was one bitch wandering around there and her stomach was very full and it looked like she was going to give birth very soon. Bitch hmm? Kutti. 79 female dog no, her stomach was full, pregnant and one morning uh, I saw that she was lying down exhausted and her stomach was empty so I understood she would just given birth so I thought let me have a look at the puppies I was thinking how to, how to get them taken away before they all grow into big dogs and start barking all the time So I saw them just behind one tree There are about seven of them. And when they saw me, two of them just started barking. Just born. But immediately, dog characteristic is there. He never thought, well, in my previous life, I might have been a human being and maybe I can ask something about Krishna from this person. (laughs) But immediately, I'm under this tree. This is my tree. And a little tiny... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or is that in Bhagavad Gita, "Shortam Chakshus, Sarsan Charaastam Gana, Meva Manas Chayva, Vishayaanu Purseeyate." Vishayaanu Yes. We get, according to the, all the senses are grouped around the mind, and according to the kind of mind we get, we imply our senses accordingly, and thus we consider ourselves dog, cat. Sri, Brahmana, man, woman, and so on. But the real pundit sees that every living being is part and parcel of Krishna and uh, acts with every living being in such a way that they may become Krishna conscious. The best pundit cultivates samadarshan, seeing all living beings as equal, not simply by reading books. We would think that pundit means someone who is always reading books. But the best pundit doesn't only read books, but he tries to have others read books about Krishna also. What is that in Bhagavatam? We hear and make others hear also. What is that verse? Remember that? In 12th, I'm not remembering, just now. That uh, he's interested that others also take up this knowledge of Krishna consciousness. Of course, it's very difficult to bring cows and... Elephants and dogs to Krishna consciousness. Human life is best for taking up Krishna consciousness, no doubt. Why is that? Why is the human life better than the cow life or the dog life or the elephant life for taking up Krishna consciousness? What do you think, Ram Kesha? You're becoming a pundit, learning so many shlokas. What's your answer to this question? Why is the human life better than animal life? Why why is it it more advantageous for taking up Krishna consciousness? So only in human existence we can chant God's name, we can think of God so that humans... uh, Mm. Well the first thing is the human being has the facility to hear and understand transcendental knowledge. A human being can hear whereas an animal cannot. Now in some ways the animals can hear better than the human. In the western countries, where people are very attached to their pet dogs, they have special dog whistles. They blow it, and humans can't hear it, but the dog can hear it, because it's a very high pitch. And then the dog comes running to them, wagging their tail and licks them. And they, they become very happy. My dog has come. And it's said that whales, they can hear messages sent one whale to another whale across hundreds of miles of ocean water. Actually, whale is not timingal. Timingal is. Whale is timmy. Timingal is, is whale eater. Maybe in Tamil, the actual Timinggal Sanskrit uh, should be timmy is whale and timingal means one who eats whale. <laughs> <laughs> they eat up whales. Yeah, but they got it mixed yeah, yeah. up. Maybe the timingal also does that. Says, hey, there's some whales over there, let's go and eat them. So, their facility of hearing in some ways is better. But this Sanskrit word, shravan, used in connection with transcendental knowledge, doesn't mean simply that one should sit in a room where a Bhagavad-gita discourse is going on, where a Bhagavad-gita upanyasam is going on. There are probably some ants in this room at the present time. Who are also, by dint of being here at the present time, hearing Bhagavad-gita discourse. But it makes no difference to their life, they're looking for some sugar or something. So, Shravan really means to hear with attention and submission and faith. Attention, submission, faith. With the desire to improve one's existence. Maya saktamana harta yogam yun janvara Asam yatha You want to give the translation of that verse? No, no, not no. This means that, O Partha, hear from me, hear, Krishna says. How, uh, you hear from me with your mind attached to me, uh, engaged in yoga, bhakti yoga, under one. my shelter. How you can be, how you can be free from all doubt. So this facility of hearing transcendental knowledge and applying it in our lives is possible for human beings. So attentiveness is required. We should apply our God-given intelligence that is is given in the human form of life only to understand transcendental knowledge coming from Shastra. (laughs) Chachindan Supatan vicharana paro bhaktya in relation to Srimad Bhagavatam, it is said, this should be heard, it should be carefully studied, applying one's intelligence to understand the subject matter. Not in an academic manner, simply to become a pundit, but with an attitude of pure devotion to Krishna. And if anyone does that, then they will be liberated from material existence and will go to Krishna. Therefore, we are distributing these books and holding lectures and trying to convince people of the knowledge in Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam and train and teach them in that knowledge. This is the duty of a devotee. Smaranta that He personally remembers the Lord and he tries to help others also remember Him which is possible especially through the process of Shravan and Kirtan. There are many well-educated people in India Not only in India, throughout the world, and generally if someone is well-educated, they like other people to know. They like other people to know. They will give their visiting card, Santosh Kumar. Now he's a little older, he's become PhD. Another mundane designation. There's so many educated people, but they don't know what is these wonderful treasures of knowledge, transcendental knowledge. Wonderful books. Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Sri Chaitanya charitamrita so on. So many so wonderful books. So devotees they become learned by studying all these books. Learning doesn't come only from study, but that is a gift from Krishna. Otherwise if one doesn't have a proper attitude of devotion, he may be learned but he'll mix up the philosophy in his mind and it'll all come out as nonsense. So, if we're studying Shastra, but we have some other desire than to serve Krishna by such study, then our philosophical understanding will not be one of pure devotion. Atashri Krishna Krishna cannot be understood by the mundane mind or intelligence or senses. But he reveals himself to one who is very eager to serve him. So we have to look into our hearts and see what do we want. We want to serve Krishna or we want Krishna to serve us. In material consciousness we are always thinking how everything should be dovetailed in my service. And even people are religious, they go to worship demigods. But it's all a cheating process. Because they go to do puja, but puja actually means seva. But the real purpose of the worshipper is to have the demigod give some have the demigod serve them by giving them something for their own sense gratification. So if we approach Krishna with the same attitude, that is not bhakti, that is not seva. That is not sevonmuk. That is not with an attitude of service. We cannot actually have samadarshan or any good qualities unless we see things clearly as they are beginning with understanding Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead to be served by one and all When so we can just understand this point properly and then we can see everything clearly One who knows me, Krishna says, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead he knows everything, and therefore he worships me wholeheartedly. What does it mean he knows everything? Does that mean that if we worship Krishna, we can go on the TV quiz shows and win them all? There are so many stupid questions. Uh, who is the first person to get a double century in a test match on Indian soil? The devotee doesn't know and doesn't care, he doesn't want to know. But Krishna says, if you know me, you know everything know everything he means that you know that this is all rubbish and that there is no use to know it. <laughs> you know what needs to be known. That the cricketer standing on the cricket field and the worm, in in just under the soil, they're all meant to be serving Krishna, they're all in maya in different ways. That the cricketer is thinking, I'm a famous cricketer, all of India is watching me, and the worm is thinking, I'm a worm. And the devotee sees... These are all devotees of Krishna in Maya. One is in the Maya of thinking I'm a cricketer and one is in the Maya of thinking I'm a worm. At least the cricketer we can try to give bhagavad Gita, But actually when someone's uh, intoxicated by praise, Oh, he's a great cricketer. When one is in a materially favourable condition, then generally they're not much inclined to take up Krishna consciousness. They become more deeply in Maya. That's why I say that we don't really care what the result of the test match is, but better, if we have to say one side or the other, better the Indian loses. Because it's, if they win, then everyone will be in India will be in this intoxication of thinking, we are so great, we are so wonderful. <laughs> if they're disappointed, then nirasha, nairasha Nirasha Paramasu it's... The greatest happiness namely Krishna Consciousness can come out of disappointment. So anyway, a devotee, he tries to preach Krishna Consciousness by giving knowledge of Krishna Consciousness to others. This human form of life is very rare. Having got the opportunity to take to Krishna Consciousness, we should not waste it. We should not try to fulfill our material desires in the name of bhakti. But having come to Krishna Consciousness, we should simply surrender completely to the process. We have such important work to do. We see so many people, they're not taking interest in Krishna Consciousness. They're simply spoiling their human form of life. And though they don't know it, they're, they're preparing themselves for entering the bodies of dogs and cats and snakes and chickens and so on. So those who have come to Krishna Consciousness, they have a great responsibility to try to spread that to others. Even we're not fully properly situated ourselves, we have to try to help others. It's like in some catastrophe, like an earthquake or something, more or less everyone gets injured in some way or other. But those who are less injured, they have to try to help those who are more injured. So, even though we, are, we may not be fully properly situated in Krishna consciousness ourselves, we have to, without neglecting our own injury, without neglecting our, our own need, to cultivate Krishna consciousness. We should also try to help others who are in even more need than us. So please try to preach Krishna consciousness to the best of your ability and more than your ability. We all can be given more ability than we think we have by Krishna. We can take example from the life of Srila Prabhupada who took so much Difficulty to preach Krishna conscious all over the world. So you also, please, following in the footsteps of Srila Prabhupada and praying for his mercy. See what you can do in this life to help others come to Krishna. We have so much work to do in so many areas. In so many areas means so many fields of action.
1: So many varied
0: types of activities. So many areas means all over the world. We have to distribute Prabhupada's books very widely. We have to perform kirtan in so many different places. We have to distribute prasadam very widely, All lectures, and teach people the conclusions of the shastras. So please, uh, let's see what we can do to preach Krishna consciousness. Here we have what is a relatively small center. We want to expand the activities. In the beginning especially, it's always a struggle. But if we go on trying, then certainly Krishna will help. It's not easy to preach Krishna consciousness. And, Usually people who preach Krishna consciousness they are misunderstood by others. If someone just sits in a temple and chants, then everyone will say, oh, great devotee. But if someone goes out to preach, he has to point out that what is maya and what is actual bhakti. Then automatically people will start to accuse him and become his enemies. Or, uh, however careful one is in preaching, people who are determined not to be Krishna conscious, matiya na krishna iparatas Such people, uh, they will become envious and make allegations against the devotees who are trying to preach Krishna consciousness. Nevertheless, it is the duty of devotees to preach Krishna consciousness. This is the real result of Samadarshan, seeing all living beings as part and parcel of Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Any question about this? Now, what should be the qualifications for a person if he wants to bring others to Krishna consciousness? What are the qualifications? Can you say in Tamil, in the mic, what are the qualifications of one to to bring others to Krishna consciousness? The genuine desire to do so is in itself the qualification. But that must be a very deep and genuine desire because one will have to face so many obstacles. One should also uh, be acquainted with the conclusions of Shastra because one has to know what to say, how to preach. But even if one, even before one becomes very much acquainted with Shastra, even from the very beginning, one can go out and distribute Prabhupada's books and, yes, ask, sir, and be... ask people to become Krishna conscious and so on. I mentioned about Sarupa, that means uh, different uh, bodies in the spiritual world. The question is about Sarupa, different bodies in the spiritual world, yes. Everyone has different body in the spiritual world. Someone is a cow, someone is a cowherd boy, someone is a cowherd girl, but we don't change bodies, we have a fixed body. The body is not made of material flesh and blood, but of spiritual substance. Bodies, material bodies are formed uh, out of the desire not to serve Krishna. Spiritual bodies are formed out of the desire to serve Krishna. Hare